Hi, and welcome to this episode of Sonic World's Cyber Unplugged. I'm Kim McCarthy, and today I have with me Sonic World's Chloe Peterson, Tasha Ball, Lucy Peterson, and from Exertus Enterprise, we have Andrew Stevens. It's our first ever all-female panel, hopefully the first of many. So hello, ladies, and welcome to the podcast. Morning. Hello. Hello. Good morning. Thanks for joining me today to discuss the key findings from the 2023 Sonic World Cyber Threat Report. It's our biannual report that highlights key real-time trends in the world of cybersecurity and cybercrime. Um, I suppose in the world of cybercrime, it's been an eventful few years. We've had the pandemic, the rush to remote work, supply chain issues, the list goes on and on. But 2022 saw things beginning to normalise in some areas again. So we might have thought that we'd see some sort of stability in some areas of cybersecurity, but in fact, from the report, it looks like we've seen the exact opposite. Let's start with ransomware. We saw a 21% drop in global volume, but that doesn't really tell the whole story when you look into it a little bit more. Tasha, would you like to fill in the gaps here? So, so that decline may look positive, but when you compare the number of attacks with previous years, 2020 had more ransomware attacks than 2019 and 2020 combined. And I think most likely the reason for this is, is scattergun approaches or sort of spray and pray attacks, um, just meaning that cyber criminals are just trying to attack as many people at once. They're not really focusing on, on who and when. Are there any kind of regions or industries that are particularly affected? When you look at the report, although the UK still sit behind the US as the most targeted country, the UK actually climbed a staggering 112%, which I think when you look at geopolitical um, events like Ukraine, kind of makes sense. But obviously, it's, it's scary for us, us being in the UK. So when looking at industries, it was actually education that, that topped the list again. So I was at BET in London a few weeks ago. Um, and I think what shocked people the most was the fact that it's not just colleges and universities that are being hit, it's primary schools and secondary schools. And their attack numbers grew by 827% last year. That's a pretty significant number. And do we have any insights into why that might be? Yeah, I think I think the main thing is that these schools don't have the money to pay the ransoms that are demanded of them. However, with their networks, they can contain a great deal of student data, which cyber criminals will then use to open things like credit cards, or they'll just sell the data for a high price on the dark web. Okay, so are industries where funds might be limited at greater risk? No, I think completely across the board, attacks are, are rising. So the high, most high profile recent case, probably that most people have heard of is the Royal Mail. So a group called Lockbit, they hacked its the, the Royal Mail software and blocked all of their international shipping by encrypting their files that were crucial to, to the Royal Mail's operations. And, and that ransom was set at around $80 million. And do we know if they paid the ransom? No, they rejected the offer. I think what the Royal Mail have come out and said is that the hackers were basically demanding what they thought was 0.5% of the company's revenue. However, the Royal Mail pointed out that the hackers appeared to have confused themselves um, and were looking at sort of the parcel services revenue, sort of the larger turnover of their parent company. Um, So no, they've not, they've refused to pay the ransom. Okay. And obviously, Tash, you're out speaking to our customers and our partners all the time. So are you getting feedback that ransomware is a major concern at the moment from them as well? Yeah, 100%. And I think that's backed up by our threat mindset survey. So we released this at the same time as the the threat report. And we're trying to understand what the top concerns are for our customers when it comes to things like cyber attacks. And and around 91% of them put ransomware as number one, which shows that it's just not us talking about it is our customers. And what's more interesting is that coming in second was phishing and spear phishing, which are obviously vectors of ransomware. So it's definitely something that people are aware of. Thanks a lot for that analysis, Tasha. Another key trend we saw was around malware. 
Angela, before we get into the stats, do you want to give us a quick overview of what malware is and maybe a day-to-day scenario of how it might affect some of our listeners? So most of our listeners will most commonly know malware as malicious software, and it also takes on other forms, including viruses and spyware. And I think in terms of what our listeners um, will see malware and remember it for is an attack on the NHS, in which it actually took quite a few months for the NHS to be fully recovered from the malware attack. Um, also, if we've read the Sonicwall threat report, Sonicwall Capture Lab threat researchers observed a number of malicious apps masquerading as legitimate apps, including a fake McAfee app and a fake Dr. Web app, um, which actually then got removed from Google. Okay, and after three straight years of decline, malware reversed course in 2022 and began to increase. It's the first time since 2018 that we've seen global malware increase. Do we know what's happening here at all? So in terms of malware, I think it's where it's become more sophisticated, especially when you consider how rapidly AI technology is growing. If only a few malware attacks work, then there's less need to have so many variants. Okay. I was noted in the report that there was a surge in something called wiper malware. What is that exactly? So it it sounds really stupid saying it out loud, Kim, but wiper malware does exactly what it says in the title. Um, It's there with the intention to wipe or erase a hard drive if the computer affects maliciously deleting any data and programs it comes across. All right, so something you definitely want to avoid. (laughs) 100%. And regarding malware and the increase there, are there any specific industries that have been most targeted? Yeah, so similar to ransomware, um, obviously we've seen it within the schools and we've also seen it within healthcare. And I think that's pretty much due to the legacy systems that they have in place and possibly budget constraints, which limits the IT administrator's ability to be able to you know, upgrade the important public systems and also the national critical infrastructure they have in place. As well, we have seen it within the finance sector, and that's simply down to the sheer amount of financial gain available if the cyber criminals are successful. Right. So it's worth their while if they can be successful with financial institutions, obviously, with all the money they have. 100%, yeah. Great. Thanks for that, Angela. Um, Now moving on to IoT malware. In 2022, again, we saw another significant increase in IoT malware attempts, 87% year over year, which is a new yearly record. Chloe, can you give us a quick overview of what IoT malware is and why it's so dangerous? So IoT malware is essentially, it's malware that's specifically designed to take over connected IoT devices. IoT devices are anything and everything that has an internet connection. So this can be anything from your Apple Watch, your phone, your iPad, your computer. It's really taking on a range with technology today. Even something as insignificant as a thermostat in your home can have an internet connection. It's so dangerous because these devices are often small and on their own would not provide enough power to the hacker to gain access to the network. But when a multi-layer attack is deployed across many devices that connect that network, it can then gather enough power to then gain access and install and start running things such as cryptojacking malware and it can conduct brute force attacks to deploy ransomware or steal data or send spam emails. Okay and why do you think IOTs are on the rise? Often viewed as being the easiest way to access data, the IOT ransomware in the new era of never being totally offline, whether you're scrolling social media platforms, you're online shopping, you're working remotely or streaming music, you're never more than an arm's length away from an IOT device. 
This provides access to your network and it also opens up a whole host of network security risks. So connected devices have become part of our everyday lives. Again, things like ring doorbells, Amazon speakers, your fridge, your Fitbit, they have access to a massive amount of intimate data, our intimate data, yet they are the most vulnerable and hackable devices, often overlooked. I was speaking with one of the engineers from the Sonic Wall team a few weeks ago, and he expressed that printers are still the leading source for hacker penetration on networks. Because printers are so often overlooked, but will almost always have an internet connection, we can now start printing remotely without needing leads or accessible lines. It means that it's still the most vulnerable source of connection out there. Right. So when you think about it, really, it makes total sense as we have more and more IoT devices in our lives obviously they're going to provide additional opportunities for cyber criminals to target our network. So people really need to be careful when they're connecting an IoT device to their home or their corporate network. Yeah, absolutely. You should really be scrutinizing every endpoint you want to add to your network and assuring yourself and your organization that it is an essential addition to the network because it is another source that a hacker can use to get onto your network. And we're seeing specific industries being particularly hit here. I think we saw some significant increases in retail and finance. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? So in our Sonical annual cyber threat report, retail industries were seeing a massive increase in targeted attacks with a 159% increase. And also in the education vertical, we saw a 146% increase. However, the finance industry dominated with a 252% increase year over year. So we're kind of seeing similar trends in terms of target verticals, like finance has come up a couple of times now. Um, and education really seems to be particularly badly hit, more so in primary and second level education. Absolutely. I think my personal opinion would be finance would be targeted the most because it's seen as having a lot of money involved in that sector. And I think hackers go for that because they believe that they're more likely to be paid out if they execute a ransomware. Okay, great. Thanks for that, Chloe. The last key insight we're going to take a look at today is cryptojacking, probably one that's often misunderstood. Um, we saw a new high here, but Lucy, first of all, could you tell us a little bit about what cryptojacking is exactly? Cryptojacking is just a crime in which another party's computer resources are hijacked to mine cryptocurrency. Cryptojacking is also referred to as malicious crypto mining. It basically lets hackers mine cryptocurrency without having to pay for any resources such as hardware and electricity. What kind of stats are we seeing from the report in relation to cryptojacking? In our recent threat report, we've seen that the cryptojacking attacks have breezed past the 100 million mark for the first time in 2022, which will be a new high. It was also more cryptojacking than Sonic Wall had ever observed in a single year. And as well, the United States remained the country with the highest volume. Cryptojacking there rose 41% year over year. Okay, so another attack type that's on the rise. So what's an example of cryptojacking that people might be familiar with? So CoinHive was a crypto mining service that was launched in 2017. This essentially allowed website owners to embed a JavaScript onto their websites. Um, this would then use the visitor's computer in order to mine that cryptocurrency. This particular example is known as in-browser mining and is a form of cryptojacking. And then another organization who has actually experienced this crypto mining attempt is San Diego Zoo. So CoinHive was actually found on their website of the San Diego Zoo. And it's known that hackers essentially were able to bypass the zoo's cloud in order to inject the script due to a known vulnerability in an outdated version 
of a CMS duple. This shows it can really happen to anyone, regardless of the organization's size or vertical, making their attacks more subtle. They're also making them a lot more sophisticated. Thanks for bringing us through that, Lucy. We've gone through a lot today. We've talked about ransomware, malware, IoT malware, cryptojacking, and we've talked a lot about the trends and the industries at most risk. This one's to the full panel. Do you have any top tips that our listeners can take away and action in terms of how they can protect organizations? My words of wisdom would be, it's always worth going back through your network, reviewing all the endpoints on your network and asking yourself, are they truly essential, whether that's business or personal? Any IoT device is a form on an almost a gateway, if you like, to access your network and they are vulnerable. It costs a lot of money to deploy endpoint licenses across your network. So the less you have, the more it's going to save you. Be sure that every endpoint device on your network is essential. Great. Thanks for that, Chloe. Tasha, I'll come to you next. Yeah, so I think a top tip from me is just to make sure that everything you've got is sort of advanced, it's multi-layered. What our customers need to, to be able to do is not just be able to identify those known threats that we've all seen before, but be able to identify new and updated variants of ransomware, malware, etc. And an example of this is Sonic Wall RTDMI or real-time deep memory inspection, which underpins all of our solutions and is brilliant at being able to identify those those unknown threats. Thanks, Tasha. Any more ladies? I'd just say, Kim, um, as much as obviously you can have all the best solutions in place, make sure your staff are trained, make sure they know what to look out for in emails, make sure they're not clicking on links that they're not aware of where they're actually going to. Yeah, that's a really good point, Angela. You know, you can have all the best defences in the world, but really you do need to train your people to make sure that they know what to look out for and how to react when something suspicious comes in. To add to that, Kim, if anyone listening to this, if they want to test themselves and have a go, we've got a phishing quiz on our website so they can have a look on there to see if they can can get 100%. Great, Jeff. Thanks for pointing that one out. In summary, I think globally we've seen ransomware is down, IoT malware and crypto jacking are all on the up, and there's plenty more insights in the cyber threat report that we just simply don't have time to cover today. So if you want to learn more, you can get a full copy of our 2023 SonicWall cyber threat report from our website at www.sonicwall.com or search on Google for 2023 SonicWall Cyber Threat Report. A big thank you to our panel today for all the insights. It's definitely been enlightening. And thanks to everyone for joining us on SonicWall Cyber Unplugged.